Hello and welcome to the next instalment of the Harrison Clark Rickabees podcast. Um, my name is Martin Davis and I am delighted to introduce Sinead Johnson, who is a director at Lexington Corporate Finance and is the lead on the debt advisory side of the business. Welcome, Sinead. Pleasure to have you. Thank you very much for coming along. Lovely to be here. Thanks for having me, Martin. Excellent. So um, without further ado, Obviously, Director, Leave Debt Advisory. We're here today to talk about debt and how that works with, with businesses looking to raise finance. Um, let's kick off and talk about your role and Lexington's role in the local market, if we can. Yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, so I, uh, I joined Lexington in January this year after spending gosh, the last 20 years, I'm showing my age now, in uh, banking um, and then uh, going into um, investment funding, uh, alternative lending space. Um, So quite a sort of opportunity for me to have kind of been able to see what was beyond the banks and the institutional funders. Um, And so when I joined in January, ultimately it was to complement what the rest of the team were doing, which predominantly Lexington act for owner-managed businesses uh, who are looking to sell their company, whether that be uh, through a trade sale, a management buyout. And in most cases, they've never gone through that process before. So they need someone to hold their hands and make sure they get the best valuation for their company when they come to sell it. So I joined them to be able to complement what they're doing with that in terms of raising debt for businesses. Uh, Quite often that might be because a business is no longer able to get funding from its bank, from its main high street funder, um, or they might have reached the maximum quantum the bank wants to fund them, but they still need additional money to grow. Um, Or equally, it could be to complement where the guys are doing an actual deal, a transaction where it's a management buyout and the team that are buying it out need to raise capital to complete that transaction. And would you see as part of your role, so if I was a, you know, a, maybe not early stage, but a growing business, and I was looking for finance, would that be something that we could, they could come to you and say, look, we're looking to raise possibly via an equity route, but also, you know, are there options on the debt front? And then you guys could then look to say, well, actually, in our experience, yes, there's options in the market and we can help you explore those. Is that something that you guys would do? We could do. It's a little bit more challenging. Um, There's almost like this this, uh, weird uh, segment. So you're a new start, pure new start business. Often you can get crowdfunding, you may do seed fundraising. Um, The banks often will have um, startup loans available. You've got the likes of Development Bank of Wales that will do some funding in that space and venture capitalists. We tend not to work with very early stage businesses. Um, And the reason for that is that generally it will be that they'll have grown and have almost a a proven business model. So maybe a year, two years worth of trading under their belts. Now, that might not mean that they're necessarily a profitable business. um, And absolutely, they could come to us and we would look at that and explore what funding groups there are for them um, but generally that earlier stage it's normally sort of smaller investors that they would get or small loans that they would get to get them to kind of the next stage and then we could have a conversation about what the, what the article possible is but um, in, in terms of the market there's most certainly a bit of a gap then from almost sort of half a million to a million pounds worth of fundraising where there's not a lot of players in that space 
Um, and I guess another consideration is also just to bear in mind that if you don't have mainstream debt, i.e. from a bank or Development Bank of Wales, if you're starting to think about getting private equity or even more likely at that earlier stage, venture capital funding, actually um, it, it can be quite onerous in nature of, of getting those type of people involved. There's always a place for it, but again, it's not really the space that we kind of play in that often. Got you. Thank you. That's uh, again. That's very helpful. And um, yeah, as if you've listened to any of our previous podcasts, Olivia, that we did have um, David Blake from the Technology Venture Fund on for Development Bank of Wales. Um, I think that got released last month. Um, so yeah, that was very helpful in sort of exploring what the Development Bank of Wales can do for for those in the local market who fall into that sort of gap, yeah. as you as you quite rightly call it. Um, how has your financial year looked to date? Uh, yeah, it's been really strong, actually. Um, the team's been growing. So we are now a team of 12 almost, which is brilliant. And in the process of hopefully recruiting a couple of graduates as well to bolster that furthermore. Um, we've done seven deals year to date, um, a mixture um, across all sectors, really. We're sector agnostic, so we'll do any any, any sort of uh, industry. Um, we have done uh, specifically in the tech space. We've done quite a large logistics company, um, and we've done just recently a big healthcare company, specialist healthcare company. Um, in terms of deals, you've probably this year so far we've done about 150 million pounds worth of transaction value, which is incredible, wow. especially for the size of the team that we are. Um, and in terms of the mix of the deals, um, we're typically selling businesses for about five to 50 million. That's kind of the range that we work between. There's obviously often there might be an outlier above or below, but that's kind of the general trend. Um, and what we've seen this year is much more of a mix of trade sales as well as private equity, maybe either in a minority stake or a majority position. And. You were saying that the sort of the split you've got this year, how does that sort of compare then with previous years, if you can comment on that? Is there more trade coming in now rather than private equity or the reverse? It's the reverse, yeah, most definitely. So I think um, the start of the year was, was a little bit slow. Um, trade sales um, have dropped off a bit. And part of that, I guess, will also be coupled with um, the appetite for debt raising. So um, generally what's happened is private equity um, have still got a wash of money that hasn't been earning them any money in the bank. Um, and so they're looking to deploy it. And actually with the uncertainty at the start of the year with you know Brexit, the war, etc., um, it meant that some of the deals that we were working on for completion at the start of the year were actually delayed by a few months. Still happened, thankfully. Um, but but what that means is that there's where the private equity deals perhaps or trade deals didn't didn't happen and conclude in the first quarter they're now starting to ramp up because they need to still deploy that money before year end so we're we're still seeing the same number of deals um, but it's going to be a bit of a mad dash to the end of the year i would imagine excellent and obviously talking about where we are year to date obviously there's a lot been going on in the news and the headlines recently around inflation interest rates and what the current tory government are doing um we may as well get into what we think the future looks like. Um, appreciate crystal balling is uh, is not an exact science, far from it. Um, but do you, you know, certainly with the deals that you have on at the moment, are they being impacted as a result of the change to interest rates, for example, on the debt side? And, you know, is it getting to the stage where people are thinking all of a sudden the cost of this deal is looking very expensive given what the banks and what the lenders are, are looking to charge given where we are with interest rates? Yeah. So, look, I think it's uh, it's almost been 
a little bit uncertain from a bank lending perspective for quite a while now, bar for the cost of debt. Obviously, you know, it's the cheapest route for funding. Um, and if you can get debt that way, it's always going to be uh, the preferred route in terms of the cost effectiveness of it. Um, but appetite has, has been waning for a while. Um, and a lot of that has been around a lot of the government back schemes that have been deployed and banks predominantly being the main players in that space. And obviously, um, the uncertainty of how collectible that money is going to be over the next few years when people have to start repaying. Um, so I would say that actually what you found is actually more private equity coming into the mix in the sort of earlier part of this year and remaining quite buoyant and still wanting to do these transactions. Um, and actually, yes, it's it's a slightly more expensive way of doing things, but the reality is you can get a deal done and you can actually get probably a bigger quantum of debt, which is most important to these businesses post the transaction closing. Um, in terms of inflation and, and cost of funds, then yes, now starting to marginally sort of eke its way up. Um, I imagine, oh God, the crystal ball thing, my goodness, it's just... I, I, it's, <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. I, I, this changes every <laughs> single week. You know, they've just revoked what they had agreed yeah. at the beginning of the new government change. And so it's difficult to say, but I mean, I would imagine that it's going to keep on increasing in terms of base rates. Therefore, that will impact bank funding because ultimately bank funding generally as a rule is over base or LIBOR rates. Um, but there are alternative lenders out there that are still doing fixed rate deals. So if you can get into a fixed rate deal, at least it controls the uncertainty and it gives you visibility of that repayment of debt over the sort of forthcoming years ahead. Excellent. Um, yeah, and, and I guess you were saying that sort of the blend is moving towards, has been for the last sort of, well, this year, be moving towards the private equity backing deals rather than actual debt. Um, I guess with rates going up and inflation, that is likely to increase as a result of, you know, the banks tightening up, I suppose, or the cost of that debt being too great. Um, but as you say, I guess private equity have also got to, you know, justify their existence and, and pay for their funding. So I suppose those will be increasing as well into next year, I suspect. Yeah, yeah. I think, look, it's a, it's a difficult it's a difficult position for people to be in. I think if you're used to lending from a bank and you're used to seeing these kind of two, three, four percent margins, interest margins, and then someone puts something that's a double digit in front of you, um, initially, you know, people straight away just think it's expensive and they, they just don't want to take further consideration. Um, but actually, there's a far bigger picture to that. And that is ultimately the support that you get from an investor. You can have a mix. I've got something I'm working on at the moment, which is private equity are doing the majority of the position on it. So you've probably got about 15, 16 million of, of private equity going in. Um, but coupled with that, we've got £10 million worth of debt overlaid with it. So it's still a significant debt play. And, and we probably are seeing more of a mix of the two together. Um, but I think it's just from a, a consumer, from a, from a business's perspective, more about the appreciation of actually, OK, can I get away from the, the worry about, OK, it might be 10% rather than 5% over base or whatever the cost may be but actually what does that afford me in the future what support am I going to get how much am I going to be able to grow my business whereas I couldn't necessarily do that if I was more restricted with the with the cheaper funding yeah I've got you. it all comes down to a lot of value add doesn't it, it? Does, the, the, it does. the expertise and the experience that these private equity funds will yeah, bring to them bring exactly. to the table and opportunities for growth and synergies with their existing funds exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get it I get it and you know who we're talking about private equity and we're talking about alternative funders. I mean, who do you come across in the in the local market? 
um, if you're able to, yeah, to sure, go through sure. some of that. So there's um, obviously outside of the high street lenders, there are people like uh, from private equity, people like BGF, so Business Growth Fund, um, who we've done quite a number of deals with and who are actually quite passive um, as a private equity investor, I would say. I hope they don't feel offended of me saying that. We'll be, we'll be looking to get BGF <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah, don't hate me, Hannah or Paul. Um, <laughs> um, but actually, they're much more uh, hands-off um, and in terms of taking a board seat with a client, yes, but um, they're they're quite happy to kind of invest in a business and kind of let them get on with their growth so long as they're, you know, on that growth plan and they're on the journey together versus some of, some of the other, others that are out there. Um, we've got others like Boost & Co, which are um, predominantly a London-based, but also have offices um, out of Bristol. And are, in fact, I think looking to open an office in Cardiff, um, which are more of a cash flow lender, but they'll take an equity warrant. So rather than taking a pure equity stake in the business, they'll take this warrant instead, um, which I won't bore you with the details of right now, but it's, it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. And then you've got things like Growth Lending, which is the sister company of Boost that does... Um, invoice discounting or, or selective invoice discounting and funding um and, and then obviously all of those other sort of second tier players so there's, there's a real mixture and actually the southwest um, market is really strong we've got some really really credible people that are very experienced here as well so um you know our job as advisors is really to sort of look at the business look at the best fit for that client what do they need is there is there a mix of debt and private equity is it a pure debt play uh, the bank might have said no but there still could be a other options and then taking them to market and being on that journey with them to find the right solution for them really fantastic and uh richard richard bowles would would shoot me if i didn't oh mention goodness, if, yeah, I didn't mention things, <laughs> if i didn't mention thing if i didn't mention think cats on this podcast because again he, he might be someone we, we look to get on here in the future so uh so yeah at least we're covering off the, yes, the, the two yes. the two main ones and well yeah, oh, yeah of course go. yeah yeah ollie ollie, ollie from shawbrook yeah sorry <laughs> last but not least <laughs> Fab. Okay. So yeah, that, I mean, it's good, isn't it? In that it's showing that there is diverse funders in and, and are all based in the local market. Yes. You know, there's three who, you know, those three chaps are, well, Chris Mears from Boost isn't based in Cardiff, but having spoken to him a number of times, he's very keen to get into the yeah. local market and is, is willing to travel. So yeah, I'm sure. And he's in you know, Cheltenham, he's not far. Yeah. So, so yeah. they're all on the doorstep. So there are plenty of options out there for those looking at that sort of debt, debt angle. Okay. And what sort of common mistakes when you're looking at sort of placing business with, with funders, you know, are there common mistakes that you, you see regularly with these businesses looking to raise finance and what advice would you give them to, to improve their chances of success, should we say? Yeah, sure. So um, it depends what they're looking at the funding for. So uh, let's say that you've got a management buyout happening. Um, often there's a disparity between what the seller of the business wants versus what the management buyout team are willing to pay and what the business can warrant in terms of debt that it can raise to do the transaction. Um, so really having an advisor to kind of guide you on that and, and give you some sensible market view on it beyond just your emotional thought process which is quite often what kind of takes over the leads um in terms of things like uh, business plans having a really robust business plan is really important um really no matter what stage you're at in the business whether it's in its infancy looking for you know initial seed funding or whether it's further down the line things like um you know keeping it simple but 
equally um, comprehensive. So not going into the detail of, for example, if you've got a tech product, um, you know, lots of granular detail on the tech product itself, but things like, who, you know, who the market competitors are, what's your strategy, um, who your client base would be, being well researched on those type of things, how sticky the revenue model might look like, um, and then ultimately having some really robust numbers and having someone sense check that for you. Um, you know, when you go to the market, whether you go directly yourself um, or you come through advisors like us, you need to make sure that you've got the most investment ready model and pack that you can possibly have. And it's the first view of you that most people are ever going to get. So that needs to be really, really spot on right in the beginning, I would say. Perfect. Yeah, as you say, it's um, when, when you're sort of going out into the big wide world and you're, you know, putting your business on on the table, you want it to look as as professional and as robust as it can do, Absolutely. just to further your chances of actually successfully getting that funding. So, no, that's that makes a lot of sense. And sort of, I know we've touched on crystal balling, Sinead, and I've put you on the spot, but so apologies in advance. But to do it again, obviously, we're going to be moving into 2023 appreciate the market is is uncertain um do you see any sort of sectors which may be more resilient um any opportunities that are going to be out there for businesses in 2023 um based on what we're seeing currently yeah sure so look uh, tech remains to be at the top of most people's lists i would say um and is pretty sector resilient as well um that isn't however uh ignoring the fact that there are other great businesses out there um and you know manufacturing care healthcare that sort of thing um tech whether it be med tech ed tech all of those it's a broad spectrum and it services equally we sold a business last year that was a consultancy business in that space so i i think that will remain strong um and uh we're thinking that actually what you'll find uh is actually there'll be more overseas interest in uh, investing into UK businesses and we're already seeing that ourselves at the moment in fact we sold a, a business just recently uh, to a US counterpart which in fact Business Growth Fund were also a, a, an investor on for the last few years so yeah that's how we, we would imagine it going. So touching on the the attractiveness for overseas investors I guess looking at the pound versus the dollar at the moment you can you know you can see it's going to be there'll be some attractive opportunities for the US investors looking over here for sure to pick yeah. up something at a, yeah. at a at a bargain price um which 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 will be interesting to see whether whether that actually comes about I mean have you got anything in the pipeline at the moment where you've got overseas interest yes yes we do actually um we've got a couple so european and u.s interest um and in fact the uh, private equity deal and debt deal mix uh, recycling business that i'm working on um there is actually quite a lot of overseas interest in, in doing that transaction um I think, look, it, it comes down to there's, there's also this time difference management, you know, when you're doing a transaction with overseas, um, it might be potentially culture barriers, language barriers, etc. So on those deals that we've completed previously, that's the bit that we've been able to manage as the advisors on behalf of the client. They've still got to be essentially running their business day to day. So to expect them to be jumping on calls at, you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night or whatever the case may be is uh, undoubtedly challenging for them so that's kind of what the role is that we would play in managing that for them and hopefully be able to impart on the uh, overseas counterpart what where the synergies are and what the benefits are of bringing the two things together and being able to manage it effectively at arm's length basically 
Fantastic. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's really positive to hear um, the sort of the view of what we think is potentially coming down the line in 2023. And I guess there's so much sort of doom and gloom around the place at the moment in all the in all the papers and, and online. So it's very refreshing to have a conversation with someone where actually the pipeline is looking pretty solid and there are still opportunities out there, whether, you know, locally or, or, or across the country with, and uh, well, even globally with investors and, and acquirers coming in from overseas. So yeah, it's, um, it's very refreshing and very much appreciated. I mean, just as we look to wrap up, Sinead, is there anything further you wanted to comment on before we, before we finish? Sure. So I think, look, it's always important to start speaking to friendly advisors, whether it's us, your bank manager, your accountants, uh, lawyers. lawyers, of course, <laughs> um, you know, early on in your thinking process. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be start charging fees for it, but building up those conversations and your knowledge around kind of what a transaction looks like if you're looking to sell or um, getting a better understanding and education around sort of the debt fundraising process. And um, what often happens is, you know, if people leave it to the last minute and it's a bit of a mad panic. And what happens with that is you end up having limited choices and not necessarily going down the path that you would ordinarily have chosen had you been afforded with a bit more time. So speak to us early. We're a very friendly bunch in the Southwest, all of us across all of the professions. I'm sure we've all got our door open and happy to have a conversation. So, you know, let's do that and kind of uh, keep business afloat in, in the market. I think things are still remaining pretty positive. I try to see things glass half full um, and not listen to the news too much if I could, if I could help it because it's changing all the time. But um, whilst I don't think there's going to be a load of growth next year, I think it will remain pretty steady for everybody involved. Perfect. Thank you very much for that. I mean, just to sort of cut in on the point you were making, I mean, certainly on the legal front, um, you know, it's the same, it's the same comment, really, you know, come and speak to us early, because very often, you know, we can do something if there's an issue with your share capital or, you know, with your contracts or employees, you know, it's it, if you've left it too late and already started the process and already in the process, then it's very difficult to sort of remedy those issues. Whereas, come in early, we can do a bit of a, a high level review and then look to address any issues ahead of going to the market. So yeah, I just, just to agree with you, Sinead, it's, uh, it's the way forward. And yeah, we're, we are all a friendly bunch, even, even the lawyers. So um, yeah, by all means, feel free to reach out. Um, we'll look to put Sinead's contact details or Lexington's contact details on the bottom of the pod. Um, and thanks very much for listening. And more importantly, thanks very much to Sinead for coming along and, and giving us her time and, and insight into the market and, and, the, and the position with debt. So thank you very much. No problem. Thanks for having me, Martin. Good to see you. Cheers.